Welcome to Mysterious Goings On. Hey, it's me, Alex Greenwood. So glad that you're back with me for another episode here in Season 4 of the show. Have to just stop for a minute and tell everybody, thank you, thank you. We The response we're getting to this season's guest has been overwhelmingly positive. The downloads are through the roof. I mean, from the beginning with Mary McKenna, the veteran broadcaster, talking about her world and about radio and internet radio and satellite radio and just her thoughts on the Me Too movement's effect on radio and broadcasting, that has been a really fantastic uh, download for a lot of people. And we went into the, the wonderful world of photographer Dwayne Halleck. If you haven't heard that one yet, it's a very special one. There's a twist to it that you won't see coming, and I hope you'll listen to that. Also had a great actor and producer, my old friend Scott Bartley, come on. That one has done extremely well. And by the way, it's September, and if you're in the area around uh, the Oklahoma City metro, they're doing Mamma Mia. You got to get those tickets, folks. Go support Scott. Support award-winning community theater. Also, I've been just really tickled with response to uh, Brian Hutton, who was our guest last week, talking about designing products for food service. I mean, you know, I call him the restaurant's invisible man for a reason, because he makes your dining experience that much better, and if he does his job right, as he says, you'll have no idea he was there, but the experience will be heightened by the things he designs to both show off your food, keep it warm better, plate it properly, all these things. So those have been some really good ones. There's, there's more, too numerous to mention, but we hope you'll listen to it. And I would like to direct your attention to one other little housekeeping thing before we get to today's guest mgopod.com if you've not seen the new website i decided that the website that kind of went with the hosting of the show was pretty bare bones and not very attractive so i went and built a little website it's at mgopod.com and you go in there you scroll down and then there is a blog entry for want of a better term there's an entry for every episode for this season and then i've gone back and i've started adding episodes from the previous three seasons as well that should all be filled out within a couple of weeks or so or definitely by christmas let's just say that I don't want to put too much pressure on myself to get all that done but it's all there and you get a, all the show notes there all the clickables all the stuff like that so you can go to mgopod.com i hope you'll check that out and you can also subscribe there you put that in there and you get an email every time a new show comes out which how can you beat that and the best part of all it's free i mean come on now i could charge millions of dollars for this and still not get paid instead i do it for free one last thing speaking of another way to delight amaze and perhaps even annoy you is the mysterious goings-on alexa skill if you have one of those little spies in your house listening to your every word burp fart whatever it's right there for you to listen and we've got the mysterious goings-on skill how's that work simple if you have an alexa you say hey alexa what's the news or what's going on whatever you say to get your your flash briefing your updates me i get npr i get the weather and i get mysterious goings-on all it is is about a one to two minute blurb of stuff you generally can't get from me on this feed, and I give it to you there. I might preview what's going on on the podcast. I might give you some trivia. I might have some news you can use, something like that. So if you're interested in that, you can get that in your flash briefing, the Alexa skill. Again, just Google Alexa skill mysterious goings on, or of course, you can look in the handy dandy show notes, which you'll find here where you got the pod or on mgopod.com. Okay. Enough of the blather. We got to get on to a person of note who uses notes in a way to enhance his creativity. Again, we're focusing on creativity in all walks of life this season, and I am thrilled to have with me one of the smartest guys I know. He's going to get the big head when he 
by the time he's done with this uh, interview. It's one of the smartest guys I know about public policy, and that's why he's a public policy consultant. He is a former congressional aide. He is a former aide to a mayor of a very large city. He's also had numerous jobs that we can talk about here, but what he does now is he is a public policy consultant, and he has a very interesting and creative way to perhaps relax, or maybe it is to fire himself up, or maybe it's all those things, and we're going to find out as we talk to Jamie Green. Hey, Alex, how are you? It's good, man. Thanks for sitting through the uh, whole uh, housekeeping bit, man. I really appreciate it. I felt like I had some homework, like I had some items to take, right? You know, I've got to look up your, uh, I got to get your Alexa fired up. And then I also have to uh, apparently uh, look at your new website. You're a busy man. I try to keep it real. And, you know, I've still got another book coming out in Halloween. So it's it's a good thing. I, well, you know, uh, Idle Hands are the Devil's Workshop, as my grandmother would have said. Um, right. <laughs> so but one last thing about the Alexa skill, too, is that it's, I've only been doing it once a week. So if you're a daily listener to the Flash Briefing, you're going to be like, oh, God, I've heard this thing all day every day this week. Um, what I'm trying to do is get up to speed on doing it five days a week, and that way it won't be annoying. We'll just see about that. Um, but Jamie. Yes, sir. My goodness, you were a public policy expert. And why don't we just kind of hit the ground running and just tell us in your own inimitable fashion, what is a public policy expert? Basically, what I do is work with either businesses or nonprofits to interface with government officials, whether that's on the local, state, or national level. So I have clients um, that I work with that we talk about issues that are important to them and how do we then be able to collaborate with elected officials to try to get some things done. So that's the very short one. I mean, you can, the dirty word, of course, Alex is lobbyist, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel if you're, if you have nice clients that do good, important work, I, you know, I don't think lobbyist has to be a a dirty word. So that's basically what I do. And I also do a lot of uh, public policy research and analysis. So that's the background on the side that's about doing, um, you know, looking at issues and taking a hard look and benchmarking reports and that kind of stuff too. So I do both stuff on both sides. Yeah, and so I mentioned earlier that you had you'd kind of started, uh, you started, uh, I think, as interning with a congressperson, did you not? And yes. Years ago. Who was this? This was a, a congressman out in Arizona, Ed Pastor, who was one of the nicest, uh, kindest people I've ever met. He was so dedicated to his job. You know, Congress gets a bad rap, and a lot of it's deserved. Mm-hmm. I won't, you know, like, uh, put a candy coating on it, but he was so dedicated. He actually would come, he would fly home every weekend from D.C., to Phoenix to be able to interact with his constituents. And, you know, some of those guys get so checked out and they get a house out in, in uh, D.C. and they, they really don't even live where they say they're representing. But he was not that way. He was a really good guy, kind soul, and kind of a funny thing. When I was there, I had the worst time recognizing his voice. So I would answer the phones this was a million years ago. <laughs> And he would say he would call and he'd ask for the chief of staff. And I would because we've been instructed to ask, you know, uh, who can I say who's calling? And he would always say very nicely. But this is Ed as opposed to this is the congressman idiot. Why can't you recognize my voice? So he was a, <laughs> he was a good guy. He put up with a lot. So, uh, well, then that led to you being a fellow with the city of Kansas City. Uh, uh, you, you know, you worked with the mayor, the city, the city manager's office, public works director's office, office of right. uh, management and budget. You did those things. You kind of made your bones with them and learned some stuff there. And you did some other other interesting things. But then it kind of led to you being do- director of government relations for the greater Kansas City Chamber. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was a good little uh, a tour of duty you did there. You did that about four and a half years, right? Yeah, actually, it is the reason why I'm able to do what I do today. Because the greatest thing about working for the chamber is is that you get to work with all facets of the business community. Hmm. So it's not just engineering firms. It's you know it's nonprofits. It's Sprint, it's Hallmark, it's, you know, it's all those folks, the big players, but it's also some of the small businesses too. And and that was such a great thing. I learned so much from um, so many folks. Because usually if you get it into something, then you're just, you know, if you work with engineering people, that's all you work with. The chamber, we would work with everybody in the business community. So it was a great opportunity. I learned a lot about transportation and the environment and all kinds of things. And I was also a liaison with the city of Kansas City then. So that was during the uh, Mark Funkhauser administration, which... wow. Yeah, if this guy earned my pay. But, uh, just just briefly, if you don't know, if you're not from Kansas City, uh, Funkhauser was one of only two in the history of the city, I believe, to have never won re-election. Uh, yeah. He he was a challenge. He was different. But let me ask a question about Chambers of Commerce. Now, you know I used to be an old politician in a small way, and right. I, was of a, of, I was on the side of the aisle that the chamber generally didn't like and didn't mm-hmm. support. Is that the case, though? You worked there, and I know you've got clients on both sides of the aisle and um i happen to know a little bit about your personal politics so i want to ask you is the chamber as monolithic as one might believe is it really all right wing? it's really interesting so the the u.s chamber absolutely the u.s chamber is a very conservative group um they always have been and they probably always and even a lot of state chambers are but it's really this a lot of the city chambers are not i would describe the Kansas City Chamber is being moderate to, I would even say progressive in a lot of ways. And I think that takes a lot of people by surprise. They're expecting, you know, they read all the stories about the U.S. Chamber and hear all the awful things about business stuff. And then you have, you know, the Greater Kansas City Chamber, for instance, we actually started a climate protection partnership to work on greenhouse gas emissions back in 2007. So that's a, a great example of how a local chamber could be very, very different from a national chamber or the state chambers on, you know, in, in this case, the Kansas uh, chamber and the Missouri chamber. It's it's pretty interesting, actually. Is there something that the average Joe who doesn't own a business or isn't real involved in this stuff should know about chambers of commerce and a way it can benefit them? I think the biggest benefit that you can get from a chamber of commerce, it's kind of what you put into it, Alex, kind of like what they told you about college. Mm-hmm. If you're a smaller business and you want to join the chamber, it works for you well if you get on committees and you go to, they have various events and they have coffees and they have after business events and use it as a networking tool to be able to bring in new clients uh, and also just to get yourself out there and be exposed to things that you may not be aware of. I think that's, you know, I always saw folks that were really engaged that they could get a lot out of it. It, but it just depends on what your interests are and how you want to go forward and stuff. But it could be really helpful. And then they do some stuff where you can get, and this is probably too much in the weeds, but some of the purchasing thing that you can get, get group purchasing power by being a member of a chamber. Sure, so. sure. yeah. Uh, yeah, my firm, we've been a member off and on of different various chambers, and it's something we kind of stepped out of, but I'm thinking of getting back into as I announce some changes in my business, but that's for another day. We'll talk about that. So this kind of leads you into um, your own consulting firm, Greenhouse Consulting, and that's, yes. what was that, uh, that's about nine years ago, something like that? Yeah, it would have been April of 2011. That's when I went out on my own. Okay. And so, what do you, what, what do you, what does that all involve? How does that work? What are you doing? <laughs> my <laughs> wife asks me that sometimes. Um <laughs> What I so I have um, some clients that I've had from the very beginning. The biggest one is the Natural Resources Defense Council or oh, the NRDC. Wow. The, 
the nonprofit environmental group. So for instance, for them, we work on energy and sustainability issues here in Kansas City and the greater Kansas City area. So there are several ordinances and resolutions that we've worked on. The most recent one and the one I'm very proud of is that uh, working with the council, we actually got the city to commit by next year to have 100% carbon-free electricity. Um, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so all the city is actually Kansas City Power and Light's biggest customer. So at, by sometime next year, 100% of all the electricity that they're buying from Kansas City Power and Light will be carbon free. So what are you? How come this is not like all over the news? I have no idea. That's a really good question. Because um, when I uh, testified in, in favor of it, and to the credit the council, that was a 13-0 vote, wow. which is great when you can kind of get that kind of consensus. I said at the time, I said, you know, this is a really big deal. And um, a lot of cities have made these kind of nebulous promises like, oh, we're going to be carbon free in 2040 or 20, you know, way down the line where they won't be in office anymore. So it's easy to make those kind of promises. Mm -hmm. But to have something this quickly and, and this tangible is pretty amazing. It's a credit to the city leadership, um, the former mayor and the city manager and the city council. And actually it's a credit to Kansas City Power and Light too, that they were a good partner on this. So those are the kind of things that make me, so I can sleep at night, Alex. Those are kind of wins that I, I like. Well, you know, and I know that about you. Um, we've been buddies for a few years now. We, 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 I should tell everybody, we met at this, we are at the same gym. We both in the same kickboxing gym. And I think we, it sounds weird to say, we saw each other across a crowded gym, but we, I think the reason we did was because we were both the oldest dudes in there periodically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're the sad old guys that yeah. are, you know, Right, and I, I think one time you were a Husker, so you're a Nebraska Cornhusker, uh, you were an alum of, of uh, University of Nebraska, and I'm an OU alum, and I think we just started talking that first, and then yep. it just became, and we realized we we're very close to the same age, I mean, like within a few weeks, and you jokingly said, hey, it's me, your evil twin, and I'm like, no, wait, I'm the evil one, and you know, it's like, well, maybe one of us should grow a Spock beard and be the evil yep. twin, but anyway, <laughs> we became, and we bonded over things like football and policy and gym and running you're you're an avid runner we also bonded over deadwood which we were supposed to do oh, a yeah. deadwood podcast both of us got so busy we just didn't get it done but you know what buddy i want to say as a side here there is no reason in the world we cannot go back and revisit deadwood and do a, a few shows or a limited series or something about it I we should love it. we should think about this seriously I okay so you're doing all this very heady necessary work which i applaud you for by the way and i'm very proud to be your friend and i'm very proud to support well, whatever it is you're doing well i am and mm -hmm. i but I also think, gosh, this guy, he's carrying around all this stuff and it's research and it's analytics. And to the average person who doesn't do this kind of thing, they're probably thinking, geez, man, how does that guy like that relax? And so I think I've got the secret, but maybe it's not how you relax, but we're going to find out. You also front or you're the lead guitarist for a band. Correct. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Or as my sons call it, my dad band. <laughs> your dad band. But yeah, but the difference between a lot of dad bands and yours is that yours is damn good. It's called Thunder Jacket, yep. and you are a 90% 90s cover band, right? That's right, man. The 90s were a great decade of music. And you know, it's funny, but this will blow your mind. In about four months, the beginning of the 90s was 30 years ago. Stop it. Yep. I can't. I can't even. No, I know. I can't do this. It's no. crazy. I gotta, I'm turning off the show. I'm walking. Out. Are you serious? <laughs> I, yeah, I think about it. It's going to be 2020. Do geez. the math. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what's great about Thunder Jacket, guys? It's, so it's four of you. You got you got Matt Furman on vocals. Yep. He's and he's great. Gosh, he's got range, too. Yeah, he does. He's and got a great voice. Dan Jackson on the drums. Yep. And mm -hmm. and my favorite, Stephanie Shelton on bass. She's, she's yep. fantastic. Yeah. 
It, she's great. They're all great. We're really different people. One of the greatest thing about being in the band at our age is that there's no egos anymore because none of us has any expectation that we're going to be famous or we're not fighting over trying to, you know, does that girl think I'm cute or you're cute? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just simply about having a good time and enjoying the music. And that's, that's the. Yeah. But admit it, you, you probably arguably have the best hair in the group. So yeah, that, that's a fact. I mean, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way you could even, there's nobody just, even close. I just don't know how a guy who's basically my age has a, a mop of hair that thick, but it's, it's, it's a good, it's good hair, man. It's good lead guitarist hair, man. That's so. right. So, um, how did this, okay. G give us a little background on this. So here you are, you know, it's, by day, public policy analyst, and you're a dad. You got a couple of uh, sons, right? And 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 your yep. wife's a professional, and you got all that going on. And then you're running a band. And I mean, as far as I can tell, you're gigging a lot. Yeah, we've gotten popular lately. It, the time of year is good too. Um, so it's a people like you know September and October in Kansas City. It's the nicest weather we have, and I think that's part of it. But yeah, we gig. It's word of mouth now. You so you want to know how all this craziness started? I do. I do. Yeah. So I did uh, way back up, but I'll try to be brief. So my father uh, was a great musician and actually was a professor at the University of Nebraska. And he gigged his entire life until he had heart attacks. He played every weekend when I was a kid. And so the, the musical bug was always something that was in me. And I actually, you know, did the garage band and the stuff in college and played parties and that, you know, and that was great. And I had a great time. And then you graduate and you go and you eventually get married. So it kind of got put to the side. I never stopped playing. I just didn't play all the time. The way this started was my wife's cousin is a professional jazz singer. Uh. And she about, God, this would have been four years ago. We were talking and I said something about she should do a jazz show here because she's out in Los Angeles. And she said, you know, I've always wanted to do a rock and roll show. And I said, well, rock and roll you want to do a rock and roll show, I'm your guy, you know, cause that's what I do. And so we did a couple shows with her and it was great, but she lives out in LA and that kind of is what put the fire in her, under me. Uh, you know, it's, there's nothing like playing live music. Hmm. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's an adrenaline thing, but it's not an overwhelming adrenaline. It's almost like a Zen thing. Hmm. It's just this ability to create music and see people's reaction and be able to work with three other people who are very different and diverse, but be able to put something together at the same time. It's just, it's a great feeling. It's just hard to explain. It's very, it's nice. So that's kind of what got back. And my kids are older now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I couldn't have done this 10 years ago with kids where they're young, they're yeah. very young. But now, heck, they're teenagers. They don't want to be around me anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you made your, you got your friends now. You got your own friends. And yeah. uh, it's interesting that uh, about you say about that because I've been to a few shows and I've watched the power that great music played well has over people. People just if 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 they're not full blown just out there, you know, slam dancing in front of you as best they can, you know, on the floor, they're they're at least just they're you can watch them sing along from their seats or wherever oh, yeah. they are, and it's it's got to be just a uh, an incredible feeling to see that, um, but also to just play the music that moves you the most is uh, got to be also very heady thing. Yeah, it's wonderful, and it, it's actually funny. We played two shows last week, and. A great example of that is is um, Hanson. We do Umbop, you know, the '90s, <laughs> yes. and people. Uh, it's funny. The, the girls or women, depending on their age, they immediately are are thrilled we're playing this song. Uh, but I tell you, as the song goes on, you watch guys, and guys will get into it. <laughs> They'll fight themselves, but you know, because 
whatever your feeling is about it, that's a great song. I mean, that's a great pop song. Uh, and those guys are actually, and I know they're from your home state, they're very talented and their harmonies are spot yeah. on set. But that's a great example where like, you just watch the crowd. Because at first they're like, they can tell they know the song, but they don't. And then when we kick into it, oh my God, it's fun. It's fun to watch people's reactions. You know, Jamie, there's something about you that I wanted to mention that I probably never said to you before. Is like, um, I have certain musical tastes and artists I like that some people just kind of cringe and go, oh, he's pretentious. Like Sting or something. Like the first time I mentioned Sting, I was like waiting. I was bracing myself for you to go, oh, he's a pretentious asshole or whatever. And no, you're like, yeah, man, you know, to be able to be a lead singer and play bass, you know, at varying tempos and things like that. And you know, yeah. he did some good work here. I'm not saying you thought he was the greatest thing ever, but you like, you've done that on several artists who I expected you to, if not diss, maybe shrug and go, eh. You, you seem to find something really great about just about every every artist. So when you talk about Hanson, it's like, yeah, I mean, I that would not be something I would buy, but I've got to admit, I've heard you play it. And it, it kind of moved me a little bit. So, because it was fun. fun. It's a fun, well-crafted pop song. Yeah. I'm going to take an aside here because I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I have, in my opinion... This is this could be fun or this could be embarrassing for me. I don't know. I have, in my opinion, what I think is the greatest pop song of the past fifty years. And it's like this is like the the this is like the thing you would put on Twitter and go greatest pop song of the past fifty years is blank fight me hashtag fight me you right, know right right but don't but don't at me do you do that too but don't I've never said <laughs> I think I've only said don't at me once and and it didn't matter nobody asked me much anyway but. Um, so I'm going to throw this at you. Do you want to hear mine, or do you want to? Can you give me yours? Sure. First? You want, okay. Here we go. No, go ahead. Here we go. And I, remember, what I'm saying is the greatest, most well-crafted pop song of the past 50 years does not mean that the rest of the album was any good. Doesn't mean they were the biggest artist ever. But for my money, here it goes. The greatest pop song of the past 50 years is "True" by Spandau Ballet. That's a great tune, man. <laughs> I expected you to be like, yeah, man, it's all right. <laughs> you know what the bet, you know, a lot of things suck about getting older, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But one of the nicest things about getting older is you can listen to anybody and say, you know what? I don't care what you think. I like it. So yeah. not to you. I mean, I always liked Hollow Notes. Yummy yeah, too. But, but the, you know, there was always this pushback from the cool kids that, you know, Hollow Notes and stuff like that. And it's like, no, they were, they're great. They're great musicians and they wrote great songs and stuff. And the heck they're still doing it. I just saw them last year and, sold out at sprint center so right i saw them the year the the couple years before they were here before and they they were dude that was the first album i ever got was private eyes by hollow notes yeah and the second album but the first album i bought for myself that i was truly like in love with was synchronicity by the police no that's well that's one of the best albums of the 80s there you go therefore therefore of all time in my opinion (laughs) um of course police is my favorite band you know that but and that's a bummer too is the police weren't around in the 90s so you don't do any police no no i love to hear you you guys do police you gotta blame that on the, the three boys you can't blame that on me you know, I don't think anybody thought that the police should break up when they do, when they did. Cause well, they went they out on so top. Much. They went out on top, right? They did, but they had some. I mean, and they're, you can see how creative they still are uh, individually. Yeah. Like, there was a lot more. But you know what? It's, it is what it is. You know? Well, Andy Summers has uh, got his police cover band, Call the Police. Have you have you seen that? No, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's look for it on Instagram, folks. Andy, Andy Summers, and he's just having a blast because he's seventy something years old and he doesn't yeah, he give a care. Shit. He's he's like, oh. I'm rich, I'm fun, I'm gonna have a good. And he's they're playing Sting's music. He's got a couple of guys. I think they're both South American that play, that fill out the rest of the roles of the police, and they just good for him. Yeah, I, that's what I say, man. He's living the dream. Okay, I, so what about you? Is there a single great pop song? 
It's not Umbop. Come on. It's got to be. No, no. Umbop's like cotton candy, right? right, right. I mean, it's it's nice. And then it dissolves fairly quickly in your palate. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really tough question. I love so many songs. I mean, you could go, you know, we just saw Paul McCartney in concert. Oh, geez. Uh, in June. And it's like that guy. I mean, how many great pop songs has that guy written? And yeah. just to try, I can't narrow it down. You, you'd have to. Let me let me chew on it, and if we do a Deadwood podcast, I'll give you my top ten. But I like uh, it. I like it. Well, you I know, mean, just along with that, I mean, he alone, I could name twenty great pop songs. Okay, well, you know, I guess the point, I, and I knew you would do that because I know the, you you've got this encyclopedic knowledge of it all. But you know, it's just like I'll just put it to you this way, and it's so funny because I listen to McCartney, of course, and the other day, uh, Live and Let Die came on, and if you're driving and Live and Let Die comes on, and you're not speeding up by about twenty miles per hour, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, no, but I just, whenever True comes on, it just, I could listen to it over and over. Now, my favorite song of all time um, is is virtually nobody's, I don't think. Well, maybe not, but is uh, Distant Sun by Crowded House, which I've heard that That's song. a great tune, too. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Oh, man, if you, I mean, that, my, my I joke with my, my wife and kid, I'm like, that's going to be played at my funeral. And I've actually said, and if Jamie's still knocking around, ask him to play it. Okay. Yeah, man. So you might want to bone up on that if uh, you hear yeah, yeah. coughing. Um, let's get back to you though. Um, so, so Thunder Jacket, you're playing. Um, you've played some gigs out of state. You've been up in Nebraska again, right? Where, where have you guys gone? Well, we played Lincoln, Nebraska, because um, so Matt, the singer that you talked about, he's actually a native Nebraskan as well, and we both went to the University of Nebraska. So we had enough family and friends up in Lincoln that we knew if we came into the show that we'd have a ton of people there, and so it was a one-off. We have. Uh, Stephanie and, and Dan are very kind and they gave up a, a weekend for us to go up there and play. Um, but we play a ton. Right now we're playing a ton. Taps on Main, which is right on Main Street and 20th Street. That's where we have a bunch of gigs. We're actually playing out in Martin City. I play Kobe's and Bonner Springs. It just kind of depends. Right. And then we do private parties. Uh, which are a lot of fun, and those are actually that's where the money is. That's so. where the money. Yeah, I think yeah. you've told me that. And by the way, folks, if you're in the Kansas City area and you want to go see them, go to kcthunderjacket.com. Link will be on the show notes and on mgopod.com. But uh, you can see the complete schedule, and you can learn a little bit more about uh, Matt and Stephanie and Dan and who's this guy we're talking to, Jamie? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's Dan, right? Yes. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Dan I is an energy trader by day drummer extraordinaire by night he actually was my younger son's cub scout master that's how we met oh so, my god probably the most uncool rock and roll story ever but it, it's <laughs> the truth yeah so, and so do matt and stephanie have uh, i mean i don't want to get too deep into their personal lives but do they have uh, different kind of gigs than you would expect or are they stephanie's an artist yeah. uh, she actually went to kansas city art institute she's really talented and she and her husband flip houses and then matt was wow. a special ed teacher forever i think right out of uh, college uh, and at in the platte county school district i forgot which school and he actually i just hate him for this he's actually retired get out of here 53 almost 54 years old and he does not have a day job he so. did his time huh yeah Wow. Good for him. So you, so, him. yeah. So you're you guys. So Thunder Jacket is his is his day job now. Ha ha. Um, that's fantastic. And you guys have got uh, you guys also. By the way, folks, when you go to Thunder Jacket, you can get to their Facebook, Twitter, Insta, and all that, and their YouTube channel and all that stuff. So let's talk a little bit though about how Thunder Jacket and just your music in general. Because you said you talked to you talked to me a little bit, and we can talk more towards uh, in a little bit about Laura, about your your uh, your wife's cousin who's a jazz singer, and your work with her. But how does how does all this mesh with you in doing your day job? How does the music, does the music, you know, I don't want to be cliche and say it keeps me sane or something like that, but if that's the case, go ahead. But how does the music 
mesh with uh, balancing out your professional and personal life? It's the greatest stress reliever. Um, it's just a tonic. Um, it's, and it is a cliche, but it's true. You know, I can have the worst, most stressful day, you know, on the public policy side. I go downstairs, I plug in uh, my guitar and start playing. And, and honest to God, the world just melts away. I mean, it's just, you are so in the moment. I just, it's such a great thing, you know, because I do some meditation, some of that too. And that that's the thing that we're always trying to do, right? We're not trying to live in the past and we're not trying to like be stressed about the future. You're trying to be in the moment. And playing music is one of the most, one of the greatest ways to be in the moment. It's just a gift. It really is. It's such a great thing to be able to do. I'm really lucky. What does your uh, what does your spouse think of it? He loves it. She's such a good egg. I mean, she's such a nice. She loves to dance anyway. Yeah, um, yeah and she, she does. <laughs> yeah, and she loves music. And uh, you know, my joke with her is is that it's uh, cheaper than a Tesla and safer than a motorcycle for a midlife crisis. So, uh, <laughs> but she's loves. She's great. She goes to I don't know. She goes to way too many shows. She's I've. What a nice spouse. Uh, she yeah. probably goes to three quarters of the shows and has a good time, but uh, she loves it. Now, my kids, that's a different story. But, you know, I thought my dad was the uncoolest person on the planet when I was their age. Sure. It's funny how your perspective changes. Right. You know, it's funny. I was at a show uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and your your wife was dancing and uh, your, your younger son was like, no, mom, stop dancing. Oh, yeah. And I, and I wanted to say to him, dude... Your mom dances really well. I mean, she's not embarrassing you at all. But he just, you know, it's a it's a disconnect. You don't want to see your mom or your dad being no. being that way. You know, and my my kid does that to me a little bit too. You know, she's like, okay, slow down there, uh, yep. old man. And it, and it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I think these are going to be wonderful wonderful memories for your kids later on. You know, when they look back and just like you 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 speak so fondly of your your parent your father. And of course, your mom's still in Nebraska. Yep. Um, she is a Facebook friend of mine, and she's a hoot. Just love yeah, her. Just she love was her. just here, eighty-seven years old. She just drove down two hundred miles each way two weeks ago. Oh my goodness, she's she great. is she is great. She's great. So, if is there uh, is there ever a time when the when the music is is not a tonic? Is there ever a time when it's like hanging over you? Like, what, what if you're so busy you don't get to practice for a week? What's that do to you? Oh, I mean, it can be that way um, because, you know, part of it, there's pride involved with playing out. Like, you don't want to suck. Right. Um, you want to have it be professional. And I've seen bands that aren't, and you're like, you know, you almost you feel bad for them. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, there's been, honest to God, it's probably how I feel about running, too. There's been a few times where I'm like, we have rehearsal tonight, and I'm tired, and I don't want to do this right now. And then it's just something about once you get into it, you love it. It's It's great. So I have never... You know, I've been playing guitar since I don't know, nineteen eighty something, and I've never regretted picking up a guitar. I mean, it's that—that's the honest to god truth. I always love it, and I probably drive people nuts, you know, because <laughs> like put down the guitar and watch the TV show with me. But it's just something that I really enjoy. Do you play anything else? Any other instruments? Oh, piano. I actually took piano lessons first. Yeah, piano. I took some piano lessons when I was a kid. Right. Um, but I saw Steve Ray Vaughan, and that's what changed my world. Oh, yeah. He's the reason why I picked up the guitar. I saw him. You know, and I like piano fine, and I certainly still like Billy Joel and Elton John and that kind of stuff. But I actually saw, I loved his music anyway, and we saw him live. And it was it was, it was a transformative experience to see somebody play an instrument like that and the emotion that he could evoke in the soul right. of it. It just, I was just blown away. And I was like, I want to do that. And I, I will never be able to do it like he did. But it's such a great 
gift. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, sweet dreams and flying machines, right? That uh, yeah. unfortunately take our heroes from us way too soon. Um, yeah, love it. let me ask you about a few heroes we've, we've lost and get your take. I love talking to musicians about some of my heroes, if that's all right. Sure. Real quick. So we lost, we lost in short order, we lost Prince. Yeah. Thoughts on Prince? You know, the term genius gets bandied about way too much. Mm -hmm. You know, he's an offensive genius on football or he's a, you know, whatever public, you know, not me, but that guy's a public policy genius. Uh, And it's not true. They're just good at what they do. Prince was legitimately a genius. And that's not that's not something I would say often, hardly at all. But uh, he the amount of stuff he put out, how great so much of it was his ability to craft tunes that were not only something that you and I would enjoy just on the surface, but some of the stuff that, you know, just how deep it was, um, all of it. It's just amazing how talented he was, how great of a songwriter he was. He was great just at how good of a musician he was. I don't know. There's a, there's a YouTube clip out there where he's doing a sound check and I think he's in Japan or something and they're just, he's on the keyboard and they're just, you know, testing mic level stuff. And he just um, starts playing summertime, you know, the Gershwin song. Sure, yeah. And he's just, I mean, he could have been a jazz penis right there. And, and he's like, he tells the band, okay, here are the key changes and stuff. And it's just that kind of, I mean, he was a phenomenal drummer. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So yeah, Prince was the real deal. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's a video I direct everybody to look for too, is when he joined the, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, tribute to George Harrison, and they yeah. played "Well, My Guitar Gently Weaves," and yep. uh, it's amazing to think you can forget twenty other incredible, legendary musicians, but that you can when you're watching Prince. And at the very end, he just, without a thought, without a look, just throws his guitar in the air and lets his dude downstairs <laughs> catch it, and he yeah. walks off. Oh yeah, he was a showman, God. and there was a lot. He had a lot of ego. I mean, that's you know, that's all very true. If you go to Paisley Park. Prince had a lot of pictures of Prince up, up on the wall, and including a mural that's probably I don't know twenty feet wide. But I, if you like Prince, you have to go to Paisley yeah, Park. Yeah, I got to make make the pilgrimage. Yeah, and one last thing too is uh, you you listen to his Madhouse recordings at all? I haven't that much. I need to. I love. Oh my god, one of my favorites. It's mostly instrumental stuff, and it's just fantastic. I, I commend everyone to look at that. Other person we lost who's a who, in my opinion, is a genius. You might not necessarily agree, but I'll find out. David Bowie. You know, I love Bowie. Um, I don't know if Gene, you know, whatever. You, it, it's everybody, <laughs> has their, everybody has their own opinion. Sure. I, I love Bowie because he was able to reinvent himself so much. Oh, my God, yes. And I love Bowie because he always took chances. Yeah. He didn't always do the safe thing. And, T- of course, the, machine. the big, Oh, yeah. And the biggest reason I love David Bowie is he put Steve Ray Vaughan on, on uh, Let's Dance. And that that's what made Steve Ray Vaughan become, you know, a worldwide star. So that oh alone, God. he... He's going to get kudos in my I, book. I think people forget that. And it wasn't, was it Omar Hakim on the drums on that one? I'm trying oh, to yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who played with Sting uh, when he Sting left the police first. and then, uh, Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, and I understand. Yeah, and I totally respect your opinion on that, too. I, I think maybe my belief in, in Bowie's genius would have to be in just the whole package, the reinvention. the. Um, but, yeah, there was some, musically, he had some valleys for sure. Um, and well, I, and that's, it's hard. I don't think people understand that because people are always like, why don't you do an original band? Right. And it's yeah. like, man, writing original music that's good, that's really difficult. I mean, there's a ton of people that write original music and most of it's forgettable and not. I mean, so Bowie, I mean, Bowie wrote a ton of great songs. I'm not trying to discount him at all. I mean, right, but right. if I tell everybody, every single person you bring up that they're a genius and they'll be like, oh, he's one of those people every, you know, 
Well, if, if, uh, if I think he's very talented. Well, if everybody's a genius, no one is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like when I say about the word awesome, I say that that's my saying on that. I'm like, well, if everything is awesome, then nothing is because people exactly. use, use that word. So I totally agree. No, I totally agree. Like, I, I love Sting. I don't think Sting's a genius. I think he is up there, button up against that, but he's not. And so I totally have some perspective on that. But And of course, you know, death, particularly untimely death, has a way of changing people's opinions about artists, I think. I wish people would embrace musicians <laughs> more when they are alive. Yeah, I always see this outpouring when, you know, we just lost Aretha Franklin, too, not that long ago. And it's like, people then they'll start tweeting about her and talking about it. It's like, well, you know, support Aretha when she was around. More. Yeah. That's kind of my thought. Yeah, by the way, I heard she had like a million dollars in uncashed checks lying around her house. That wouldn't surprise me at oh my all. God, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, no, I totally agree, and that's and I I believe that about live music too. And it's like, folks, it's so easy. We talked about this uh, with my with Scott, one of my previous guests, who was an actor in community theater. He just won a uh, regional theater award for best actor, and his show came in second, all that. And you know, people can roll their eyes at at community theater and go, "Oh God, I don't want to see old man Mr. Smith." from you know do his umpteenth version of Ebenezer Scrooge whatever but they can say the same thing about going to a cover band performance at a bar or something I mean right you you know this right but it's but you know what you're missing out on folks you're missing out on some quality musicianship from people who you can walk right up to after their set and congratulate who will be generally happy to talk to you especially if you buy them a beer or something is that about right or no, absolutely. I mean, we do it for ourselves, sure, but it's the audience interaction that makes it worthwhile. I mean, that's what makes it special. And, it, and it's the same, I'm sure, with your theater friend. I mean, it's it's seeing the audience there and the reaction. Yeah. And it's creating something unique that it's only in a certain time and space that you can't, you know, you can try to duplicate it, but it's never going to be exactly the same. You know, you know, and I, that's one thing. I mean, I miss, I was telling Scott that I miss acting a little bit. I mean, I acted from the time I was 12 until I was in my thirties and I just, I'm out of it now. And it's, it's, it's a muscle that it's probably atrophied and gone with me. And I, I just don't have the time and I devote my creative energies to uh, writing books and stories and podcasts and, and things like that. But so I totally get it and I respect it and I, and I'm hugely envious of you. I think I've told you this i don't have real musical ability and I, I always wished i had i tried to learn guitar but i'm just not very dexterous and not very good but that's not the point the good news is i have a buddy like you who plays really well and i can go see you and i can just kind of you could be my guitar hero that'll work for me so oh, <laughs> so so jamie let me ask you before we roll because i you've got you've got some projects coming up besides thunder jacket do you have something coming up laura ellis is the name of my wife's cousin and she is a great jazz singer she has uh, if you have either spotify or apple music she's put out several um, and she and I are actually, this is when the internet's cool. We're actually working on putting together kind of a Christmas EP, uh, where she's singing Christmas songs and I'm playing guitar on it. And I, you know, we shoot it back and forth up on Dropbox, um, and record tracks and, you know, the recording software stuff has gotten so good that you can do a lot of it at home, which is really cool. So that's something I'm doing with her and, um, always enjoy collaborating with her. She's a phenomenal talent. You know, I get goosebumps hearing her sing. Well, I've heard her. I think I heard her do what well, first saw her when she was p- playing with Thunder Jacket. She was singing with you guys a little bit. Um, yep. And uh, but you've uh, also turned me on to a lot of her stuff, too. Now, now, if it's OK, I'll put a link in the show notes. Is she, Absolutely. Is she Vintage Voice Music dot com or is she? Something yeah, that's else? her. OK. And we'll put the, she's folks. You, you got to check it out. Laura's really great. Um, and and obviously uh, likes to have fun too, playing with Thunder Jacket and all that. And, and um, so, Jamie Green, you are the guy who helps craft policies that affects our lives in very beneficial ways. But you're also a guy who can uh, 
help us relax at the end of a long day worrying about the shit show in DC or whatever. So, oh my God, we all need to relax so much. <laughs> we really do. Hey, tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on this uh, idea that maybe we come back and revisit Deadwood. Maybe oh we just God. do. How about this? Think about this. We'll do an episode for each season and then do an episode on the movie at a tie-up. Maybe we just do a little mini series of them. That could be oh, fun to do. That way, it's that. not too big of a you know bite and don't have to worry too much because. It's just like, you know, committing to a week of shows, right? I mean, it's it's a lot of work, so. No, I, I get it. But now I'm always happy to talk about Deadwood, as you know. So. Yeah. Okay, well, the last thing I want to ask you, and then we'll let you go. So, the so everybody, I've, I've got the links in the show notes for Thunder Jacket and all that. But is there one thing that, or one myth about about musicians, or one myth about, um, you know, cover bands or whatever that we haven't covered here that you want people to know, or just something you want people to know? You've already said so many great points, but is there one last thing you have? Well, I think a lot, and it, this is if anybody exceeds in anything, um, whether you're, you know, Ted Williams batting or, uh, you know, we just talked about Prince and some other folks. Yes, there's natural ability, um, but 90% of it is people put in the work and the hours. So yeah. the one thing that kind of ticks me off sometimes is where people expect musicians to come in and play for free as if it's just an hour of your time and stuff. And what you're paying a musician for is the hours and hours and years of years of them uh, practicing and rehearsing. It's not something that happens overnight. It's a very long process. I don't care if you're Eddie Van Halen or Steve Ray Vaughan or me or whoever. When you first pick up an instrument, you're terrible at it. Right. So it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to begin. And I and I think that's the thing. There's this myth that there's just you know people prodigies, and there's occasionally some of that. But even the prodigies, you know, I have no doubt. If I went back in time, Mozart practiced a ton. He played constantly. Right. I have no doubt. So. Well, I, I totally agree, and it's and that's that way with so many of the creative disciplines, right? It's like a, I I get and I get it because I'm I'm nobody as far as the the, the big wide picture of fiction but i i sell a few books but it's the ones who are like i I don't mind sending people a free ebook every now and again you know that's fine or and i often offer them go get them if i'm offering them to you go get them it's the people who are like going can i get a free autograph paperback <laughs> like yeah yeah i'm like come on man besides the fact that you're it's only selling for like a quarter of what a stephen king novel would cost it costs me money to make these could you just meet me halfway and buy Absolutely. one damn and you you've spent hours uh, creating and developing your craft. It's a craft. You yeah. spent, you know, writing is a craft. It takes a long time to develop a voice and to get really good at it. It's not, you didn't just walk off the street and write a book. I mean, that's just <laughs> a misnomer. It's not true. It doesn't happen. Well, it does happen with some people these days, which is the problem, <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's good. And, and anyway, I could talk to you for hours and, and we probably will. I'd love to have you back, but Jamie Green, public policy expert, great, great husband and dad, and a fantastic fantastically guitarist of thunder jacket thanks so much for being on mysterious goings on hey man it's been a it's been a hoot thanks so much for having me you're welcome and if you want to hear about more great creative souls like jamie don't forget just as i mentioned at the top of the show we've got a photographer we've got an actor we've got a product designer a broadcaster and we have a few more surprises here in season four before all is said and done and of course a little bit from yours truly i might do a monologue or two so if you have any trouble sleeping I'll let you know. Okay, don't forget to visit MGOPod.com for all the show notes and all the various information. And again, if you're interested in the Alexa skill, I am working up to creating 
five day a week content for that. And that's simple. Just uh, go to amazon.com and search Alexa skill mysterious goings on. All right. It's been a good one. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be with you next Thursday for another episode. So until then, keep reading. credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org goldcard To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.